kissed Yo. it. Road trip success. That's what I think. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Every single time, baby. Man, but what, what a game. What a win. You love seeing this team get out and run. Love seeing what we were able to do. Mm. Um, I really think as we approach the number one seed in the West again, very quickly, yep. like it's time for people to start waking up again. Shout out Alsambra. We love you, buddy. Yeah, I, I just think that, uh, you know, Alsambra is one of our homeboys, first of all, and um, I haven't read his his um, text messages pulling on there. Um, so I just, you know, push comes to shove. This team, when you study this team and you put everything together and you understand what Sam Presti's been put together, put forth, right, you get a really clear understanding. Um, people talk about um, Eric Spoltzer and what he's done over there at the Heat and if you talk to anybody that has been past players of him, they talk about the system that he's created there. Um, very, very much like a college system of, you know, we, we don't um, talk to other people. We keep it in-house, da-da-da-da, right? Um, and you see that same type of system, that same type of idea that's happening in Oklahoma City. Um, someone said it before, is they somehow brought this college atmosphere and this college way of doing things into Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And it works. And it doesn't work for every athlete, but it works here for these guys. And that's why it's so important to have somebody like Sam Presti drafting these players. You know, I heard J-Dub do an interview with Nick Gallo, Thunder Basketball Universe podcast. And I was really impressed with just something that we've heard before. We've heard a lot of NBA players talk about this, but Oklahoma City is a really great place to focus on basketball. Now, some it people is. can use that as like a little slight as like, well, there's not a lot to do in Oklahoma City. But some people can look at it and say like, I'm a fucking professional basketball player. I get a chance to play professional basketball and not be distracted. And I want to be the greatest player I can be. So I look at that as a high value situation instead of low value. And that's what I see in J-Dub. That's what I see in Shea. That's what I see in Chet. I see that in Josh. I see that in Dor. I see that in hmm. the bench. So Dave, I want to talk about what I see in that environment in coach Degnall. And by the way, shout out Mwani. Thanks for joining us as sure. always. You're the best buddy. Yeah, but coach Degnall. Well, let's just, let's talk a little bit about football, American football, NFL football, college football. We just saw two of the great step away from their teams. Maybe away from the game. Sure. In one week. Like both. Well, why don't we just say guys, the two greatest, right? Two greatest coaches. I mean, why, why we can just say that because Bel- Bill Belichick. Yeah. Bill Belichick and Nick Saban have just dominated the college sport and NFL sport for the last, you know, I put it out there 20 years. Right. So you're talking about six championships apiece. Um, Belichick went for like 23 years or something like that. And Nick Saban went for 16 or 17 years and what they were able to do equally. And I was just trying to like, think about this, like, where will we be Dave Hmm. when in, in 19 years, when coach Dagnall is putting up his 23rd season, 22nd season where will he be in the overall pantheon of greats so i you know i'm so glad we played the heat because i have heat in my mind right and eric spolcher spolcher coach um s whatever you guys want to call him right um he has a unique way of coaching and we just saw him sign a contract by the way hats off to uh the heat waiting until after his divorce was final to sign this contract so he doesn't have to share his motherfucking money i didn't know about that so it's my money Filling me in. <clears throat> yeah, so Eric, good old coach right over there, right? Um, why did he get an eight-year, $120 million deal is because Damn. I truly believe 
for the next couple of years, he's going to be the coach. <laughs> and obviously, you know, um, Pat Riley is not going to be there forever. And that's just going to have that effect of the, the handoff. So he gave him uh, uh, a nice contract for a coach. Yes. But for an executive, that's a top level executive or top level GM. It's, you know, it's a, it's a decent payday. Um, so, you know, good for coach. So what do I see that? I, that's exactly the same line. Like right now, what I'm, we're seeing right now is we're seeing coach D we're seeing, um, Sam Presti in that GM and president role. Uh, we've talked about it soon. Like we're going to see, you know, Sam Presti hand really over those GM roles to somebody and him stay in that president role. Um, I, I think it's going to happen in the next five years for sure. Um, and then after that, I think you'll start seeing Sam Presti getting more comfortable. And then as coach D gets to that point where he's ready to retire, cause he spent 15, 20, 25 years as a coach and he's just done, you know, right up at that 60 year old, I wouldn't be surprised if there's that, that switch that coach D goes into that, that GM mode. I mean, we've seen it in Boston with, um, mm. Brad Stevens. So, you know, it's, it's very much of an old school level. You stay here, you coach, then you, you've, you know, done enough, then you can prove yourself, then you can stay here and help the next generation come through. Um, that's what I, I see that uh, Coach D um, really being part of this this organization for, mm. you know, the next 35 years. So to be known as the GOAT in basketball, it's a little different than football. You know, six championships at college, six championships in the NFL, and now you all of a sudden these guys are being talked about as the GOATs, but we're not talking about six championships being enough in the NBA. You know, we got guys like Red Auerbach. Um, you got, dang, my mind is blank right now as far as the other guys that put up a bunch of, I mean, Phil Jackson, what, he got five plus one as a player, I think, or maybe two as a player. But either way, like, to get to the GOAT status in the NBA, it's significantly more than what we're talking about for the football. So do you think that in... 20 years, we're going to look back and say Coach D was the modern GOAT. I, I think that in 20 years, we will definitely look back at Coach D's career by then, what, almost 25 years of head coaching for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, if, you know, of course, he stays that long. Um, but I, I think you're going to be look at him as one of the most winning coaches of, of all time at that moment. If you think about winning percentages, he's going to have two down years during that time, maybe maybe three. Um, but because of the longevity that coach uh, or that Sam Presti has put up with draft picks, it's just going to roll in. He's just going to be developing more players. He's going to develop more players and he's going to keep on going. I think he's just going to be known as one of the greatest coaches of the generation. Um, and whether that is the greatest coach of the generation, the couple generations or three or four generations or greatest coach since Pat Riley or blank or blank or blank, you know, not Pat Riley, um, uh, Phil Jackson, but pop that will take time. Pop has what? Five? You know, pop. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you know, like it, I think it just takes time. I, I think we can get six. I know that but, I'm greedy. Listen, I know listen, we shouldn't talk about let, this. This is this is a no-no. But, but let's just put this in perspective. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you brought this up. Let's let's just put this in perspective. All right, so let's just say our first championship is next year. Okay. All right. Let's just let's just kind of like let's just give us a little bit of game, guys. Right. Let's next championship. Our first championship next year. 2025. Where does our peak stop at that point? Because if we're peaking at that point, you, you're going to say, so it's seven years, eight years yeah, before I'm, Shea's I'm to that with, point where he's like 34, 35, maybe right. nine years. Yeah. Okay. 20, so that's where I would say. 2033. 
2033, 2034 would be the year that I would say that Shea's time is done in the Oklahoma City Thunder time period. As far as being the head honcho guy, there'll be other guys that are coming through and being good, whatever. But that's when Shea's time's done, right? Mm-hmm. You got J-Dub a couple years behind him. You got Chet a couple years behind him. And then we're going to have all these draft picks that we have no fucking idea who they're going to be. But right? there's a lot of you them. Add all this stu- yeah, you add all this stuff together, man. And... Like, I look at this and I say, yeah, so if we have a peak for this team for nine years until Shea's done, how many realistically can we win if next year's our first one? Mm-hmm. I would say this, is that if next year's our first one and this team stays healthy, then I put, I'm putting this on, on a guarantee that this team will make it to the championship, make it to the championship seven of the next eight years or seven in the next nine years. Hmm. They just will like yeah. this team is just designed to do stuff like that. Well, there's no team that's going to be old team. Like let's just say LeBron, right? LeBron's done. Okay. So then you say three or four years after that, you're looking at the NBA, you're looking at them in general and saying, all right, three or four years after LeBron, can that group of um, guys team up together and be good enough to beat the thunder? I just don't see it. Do I see yeah. Giannis and Dame and, and, uh, you know, Steph getting together or Clay getting No, I don't see any of that shit. Like, could they make a power team like that that could steal one or maybe two championships away from us? Sure. I mean, ther- theoretically, I'm sure that there's somebody that could do that. But let's just be honest, though. That would have to take like a team like San Antonio Spurs and they go out and they get one or two really good draft picks. And then after that, they bring in two or three really talented players. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they're able to compete with us. But that means that there's four new starters on that San Antonio team. And there's four new bench players on that San Antonio team. So that's eight new guys that takes time. So we in theory could completely change the NBA. Well, everybody else is trying to catch up. We could sneak two or three championships out and then the everybody else catches up and then we lose two or three in a row. I mean, it's what happened with, uh, um, golden state. It's what happened with, you know, when Michael Jordan stepped away with the bulls. I mean, like it's, it's happened with every dynasty where they are Lakers, they start winning a bunch and then they, you know, and then they come back, you know, like I, I could totally see that, you know, I could totally see this team just crushing it for a couple of years, three years in a row. Everybody's like, okay, how are we going to ever play with this? And then we get a couple of injuries and we have a couple of down years and we get used picks to get back up to that level. Then we wouldn't knock out two or three more championships, you know, like, and, and that's what I could see this happening very easily, very easily. So whether we win, Four championships or seven championships in that nine years? I mean, that's just all up to you guys and what you guys like to dream. What type of what dreams do you guys like to have? <laughs> talk about our what dreams. Yeah, let's let's talk about what happened in Miami last night. Um, first of all, we got another back-to-back, so we're playing again tonight in Oklahoma City. Luckily against the Blazers, but there's nothing given. We're going to have to go out and take it. Blazers. Um, but Wankers. This, Miami, this Miami game, you know, we saw J-Dub. One rebound shy of a triple double, and he had that. Give going me a fucking fourth, rebound. Like, <laughs> nineteen points, twelve assists, nine rebounds. Twelve assists, dude. Twenty-three points, nine rebounds, two assists, three blocks. Shea, twenty-eight points, eight assists, two rebounds, one steal, one block. This is just what these guys do. Hey, how many you assists know? do we have? Can you look at that? Yeah, I got that right here, man. We got thirty-six. Thirty-six. Back to back, thirty-six, bro. 36, 36, Dude, baby. I get, if we get another 36 assists tonight, I'm going to get a tattoo that says 36, guys. 36. 
All right, there we Let's go. Let's do it. But <laughs> the way I look at this this team is that big three, that's what everybody's talking about, right? And then you look down at what, what do the rest of the guys do, you know? Let's talk about the rest of the guys. If you go back to the old Thunder teams, you're talking about Cephalosha, Steven Adams, maybe Kendrick Perkins. Like the rest of the guys, the rest of the starters are usually non-offensive threats for the Thunder. Mm. But yeah. Dort and Giddy, I mean, Giddy with nine, Dort with 14. I don't see non-offensive threats in the, in these guys. I see guys that if they're not guarding, they're not going to knock down shots. If they're playing off of them, they're going to, you know, shred them up and passing. Like Dort's a good passer. He doesn't get a lot of credit. We know what Giddy's known for is passing and his <laughs> shots coming along. So what I see is a much deeper team, a much more well-rounded team and a team with all the star power that we used to have in Oklahoma city and now our championship window, instead of it being from like 2012 to 2014, 2016, theoretically, we're talking about, you know, four or five years there. That was our window. Yeah. Now we're talking about a window that could last, theoretically, a solid a decade. Decade. That's the difference in this team. And while, sure, we don't have KD and Russ, we have a decade but to do why, this. Why would, let's just be honest. Why are we comparing this team to KD and Russ and Harden's team? Like, so we, know. we should never. Because it, like it's all we know. Yes, it is, and I and I get that. But this team is so unique and so different from any team we've ever had in Oklahoma City before. It would be like trying to say, like, here's a banana and here is an apple, right? They're the same fruit. Like they're so different. We've got different coaching staffs. We've got different everything. Our our, our defense, our offense, like it's all like perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it is. You know, like you look at the the design of this is why so many people are giving Oklahoma City Thunder respect is because they watch the team and 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 you get an opportunity to glance at the team and you look at the stats and you look at you know forty plus percent from three pointers from all these guys and then you're like, man, like are this is this team really that good? Is this team going to slow down? And it hasn't. Why? Why hasn't this team slowed down? Because people are putting it together that this team isn't peaking yet. It's just not like we have four or five more steps before we're even to that point. And, and there's a, we do these shorts guys. We've been putting them up. I'm sure you guys have seen them. Um, the one of the shorts I put out the other day was of J dub. We're playing against the Hawks and uh, I think it was the Hawks, but J dub gets past the defender, right. And lays it up. And somebody put in the comments, it's just like, I don't see what the big deal is. Oh, it was J dub yelling afterwards. I don't see what the big deal is. It's just a layup. Yeah. I went back because, you know, making these shorts, you get to watch the whole play over and over and over again, right? And and you and you look at the 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 shot, the layup that he hit, and it's not just a layup. First of all, he hit a, a layup on a six foot seven, six foot eight guy, right? A fading, falling away. The guy's right in his face. You know, he's like seven feet from the bucket, six feet from the bucket. Like it's not an easy shot what he was doing. And it looks so incredibly easy. That somebody that is a nobody is like, dude, that's just a fucking layup. But take time and look at every single thing J-Dub is doing right now. And it's like, holy shit. Like, how good is this guy? Like, he gets to his spot and he gets up and he, and he, and he uh, shoots his jump shot. And it's just like, damn, look at the mechanics of that. Look how he jumps. Look at how his fade is. Look at how, look at how he gets his, his whole body squared up. And then he gets to these points where he recognizes he gets to that spot and everybody jumps out to stop him. And what does he do? Phenomenal baseline pass. Because guess what? 
so many guys cut on this team. And J-Dub is the G at finding these guys cutting baseline. Like it's, it's one of the most automatic things that we've seen in a long time is J-Dub just bam, baseline. Let me tell you what I think is the most exciting part about where we're at right now. It's that we know that we have not seen the best of J-Dub. We know we haven't seen the best of Chet. We know Shea has more that he can give at another level he can take his game to. Maybe yeah. he can't take it any further right now. But in five years, he will be a better player because yeah. that's the type of person he is. And we can tell yeah. when you look down this roster that we're going to continue to improve. I felt I feel like we hit a plateau really early with the Thunder, the early versions, mm. the Thunder, the young Thunder, Thunder U. Like, and this yeah. team to me feels like the, the plateau is still maybe four or five yeah. years away. Like, that's why everybody in the NBA is, like, shit in a brick right now. is because they're starting to realize that if this team has a chance to be this good now and they still are on their way up, and why are they on their way up? It, it really, well, it's Not Coach just D. that, but how many draft picks do we have? Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, like, we've seen teams fail to progress, fail to improve. And one of the approaches that we have with Coach D that's, been there since day one of him taking over is a day one mentality they start every single hmm. day they start it over they try to approach with a fresh day yeah. they want to look at the film win or lose and find ways to improve and they really really do so an idea with this team is that just from a team camaraderie standpoint like we're now january 11th we're gonna look back in two months and say like wow we are a far better team than we were. Maybe these players are still improving, but it's different to have people improve on an island and then try to mesh it together. Like, but the ball moves side to side. Players are finding mm. open options. Like, think about what it's easy. It's the easy. I mean, the game winning play really. I mean, like what? Like my my question to you is this, and this is this is why I get like. You know when those teams are going off and they're shooting like 60% from threes and they're like just dominating games, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, there's no way they can keep this up. Why can't the Thunder keep up scoring 120 plus points a game? Because everything they do is easy buckets. Wide open threes, easy. Wide open layups, easy. Cutting to the hole, cutting back door, Shade getting to his spot, J-Dub getting to his spot, Check getting to his spot. Like it's all easy shit nobody's going off way off of their way and taking half court three-point shots or you know logo shots we, we're, we're not like that we're all team basketball and the more you watch it the more you see it you're like damn damn this is beautiful you know what three games this year now shea hasn't scored 30 points damn you know, like, yeah, you've got so many other things that are coming up and bringing up to this team that people are starting to look and starting to put the things together and say, like you said, if this team is this good now, how good are they going to be in two years? Well, I'll tell you how good they're going to be. Good enough for teams and old guys and they're not going to want to be in the West anymore. <laughs> you, I'm serious. Look at Steph. He's got beat by 38 points, bro, against the Pelicans. You're yeah. telling me Steph wants to play for the Golden State Warriors right now when he's looking at the Oklahoma City Thunder and saying, we got no chance in hell going to be able to beat this team. No matter how healthy we get, we can't, we can't beat this team. We just can't. And I want to throw this out here. Jake, yes, 100%. I think that Coach D will become Coach of the Year because at, what, at this point, he's definitely the coach of the first 30-something games of the season, no doubt. 
So do you think he has like any he's proven challenger for coach of the year? Or is it just him right now? I guess Chris um, Finch you know could be considered yeah, from Minnesota. You know what? No, no, I, I, you know what? Chris Finch for sure. Okay, whatever. But that's just because they're being nice to him. But I, I would say the uh, Coach Aduko, uh for oh, the, the uh, Rockets. Um, Houston. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the Houston Rockets, Aduko and um, Oklahoma City Thunder, Coach D are the two front runners in my mind because of what they've done. And Coach D got a lot of recognition last year uh, for Coach of the Year. But I think this year that they, if he got to 50 wins, they, there's no doubt in my mind that Coach D would be, um, you know, Coach of the Year with 50 wins. It would be such a huge, you know, back-to-back 10-plus, you know, um, um, improvements and wins each year. I mean, that's, that's unheard of. What's up, Sound Surfer? Oh, going to the game tonight? Yes. That's good, Kevin. Um, totally agree with you there, buddy. But – I just think when we evaluate, when you go across this league and you go across all sports, like the spectrum of it, and maybe even we should go deeper into politics, but we won't, we won't, but there's a youth movement taking place, guys. Like, it's not just, we didn't mention Pete Carroll stepping down or moving into like the front office situation. Like there's a youth movement going on right now. And if teams are still stuck in the nineties or the early two thousands with their coaching hires at any sport. They're going to be looking to get out of those things because there's so much innovation that comes with the modern games right now. It's been really impressive to hmm. see how things are adjusting and see players and coaches adjust across all sports, across all spectrums to this new information that's coming out. But I've never seen on, at any level of, of basketball in particular buy-in at the level that Coach D gets from his team. Now, I've seen teams like Popovich teams, right, where everybody believes in their role. And people decide to shrink what they could be to become a part of a better team overall. But what I see with this Thunder team is a belief that by playing within the system, that they will be their best. Instead of like a belief that Mm. by playing within the system, the team will be their best and therefore they're okay with being a Manu Ginobili and never becoming the the player he could have been individually because it's better. We all agree that that's the right decision. Win the championships. But Tony Parker... You know, another guy that was never really given the free reins to do his own thing on an NBA team. Sure. And sure, he was happier that way, winning championships. But when you look at Chet, when you look at Jada, when you look at Shea, I'm not seeing one guy of those three, and really the rest of them, that's saying, like, I'm going to sacrifice my game by hmm. putting the ball into rotation. Like, they know they're going to get open shots if the ball moves from side to side. That belief sure. keeps them moving the ball from side to side. And that's why it goes back to Coach D. Yeah, man, and it goes back to what Sam Presti wanted with the coach when he hired Coach D. And he looked at Coach D's work in the G League, which I was very, I mean, I I stayed very connected to that G League in Tulsa during those years. Um, And watching what Coach D was doing with that team, I, I did not like connect that Coach D was that that coach that the Oklahoma City Thunder had had picked up as the new coach, the Oklahoma City Thunder when they picked it up. At first, I was like, who the fuck is that guy? And then it like, oh, that's the G League coach. Oh shit, he's really good. And I remember telling Mark, like, this guy is really fucking good. Like, he understands the game. What he's done with the G League is truly spectacular. Um, if he's able to run his system the way he wants to, he will be the best hire. And I um, you know, watching how how Sam Presti has he has put the staff around Coach D is again truly spectacular. And I I go back to why is Coach D able to do what he's able to do and get the respect level that he has is because he sits there and he says, 
did you do that foul? And Chet, Shay, J-Dub will say, no, I didn't, coach. And he doesn't even see the replay. He challenges it. Why? Because he recognizes the personal relationship is far more important than anything else on, on that squad. When you're out there and it's in the mud, it's in the dirt, and you're in hands and knees, you need to be able to look at your, your, your sergeant, your, your person in charge, and say, I don't know what to do next. Tell me. Right? Because, I mean, that's the way shit is sometimes. You need somebody directing you there. And that's why when things get bad in that fourth quarter, you see all the guys look over at coach in the free throw line, bringing the ball up balance. Like they all are connected as one. And that is not hard. That is not easy to do as a coach, as, as players. You, you don't see that often. And when you see it, you know it. You're like, damn, this is special. And, and, and seeing that, recognizing, understanding that, um, looking back, I don't think coach, uh, I don't think Sam Presti ever gets rid of, um, um, Scott, um, you know, um, Scotty Brooks, Scotty Brooks. Thank you. I don't think he would get screwed of Scotty Brooks. I, I think he keeps Scotty Brooks for one more year after that until Durant signs the contract, you know, like there's certain things that, that you recognize that bring players together that are personalized with that. And that's why I have to say is like, you see, you see these guys, they connect to coach D in a way that is unheard of in the NBA. And that's just not a relationship that all of a sudden disappears when all of a sudden things get hard. No, it gets stronger. Like they put trust in each other. They recognize that they need each other at the hard times. And that's that. And this team is only going to get better. The more trust that Coach D puts out there, the more trust that he um, allows back. I'm telling you guys, it's like teams are going to sit there and be like, How do, we can't beat them on defense. We can't beat them on offense. They outcoach us every single time. Like who's outcoaching um, Coach D right now? Nobody, nobody can get out coach him. Like well, you might be able to put out there and say, yeah, we can pick up 20 offensive boards. Congratulations. But that's one aspect of the game. I know you probably got to get out of here, Dave, but coming into this game with Miami, we had lost six straight. And I heard coach before the game say that we were going to learn something we about lost ourselves six straight? before that to Miami. Yeah. To Miami. To Miami. No. Oh, to that, Miami. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, okay. And so Coach D said, we're going to learn something about ourselves in this game because the way Miami prepares for us, they teach us things that we didn't know about ourselves. And I really appreciate that mindset. And we did. Wow. We saw some unique zones that Miami threw at us. We saw some unique stuff. And that's the approach that we look at and we're like, this isn't going to get old. We're not about to peak. Mm. We're still on our way up. And that really fires us up. Sonstorfer, you're going to the game, Minnesota. I hope to see you on TV. We're going to be watching. Everybody will be joining you. Fuck yeah, man. That's, that's, that's money right there. One and two in the West going at it. Dave, thanks for I joining think it's us. I great, man. I Let know, us know, I know you got to get the fuck out. But Let us know. We are pumped, guys. Keep your balls warm, everybody. It's going to get cold out there. We don't need any get cold out there. testicular, um, what is that, um, frostbite. You don't need those. You don't need that. But if you do get testicular frostbite, send us pictures. We would love to see what you got there. So we'll, we'll see you guys soon. Post them on social media.